Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you for your love and we thank you for hearing our cries, our cries every day. While we wait patiently for the ending of this pandemic, we ask you to help us to wait not just patiently but proactively. Help us not just wait passively for the return of a normal life, but to wait uh, with a work of a faith and the labor of a love in, with the Holy Spirit. Help us to prepare and train ourselves in these days so that we can serve you more faithfully and fully than ever before when you finish this pandemic, Lord. Until then, speak your powerful and kind words to us and sanctify us in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior. Amen. In the next four weeks, we will meditate on the Paul's last letter, 2 Timothy, and today we will read Paul's greeting and thanksgiving in chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. So let's read 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of a life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as I, my ancestors did, with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Tough times had fallen on the Apostle Paul since he wrote the first Timothy. When he wrote, first wrote to Timothy, he was on the road, hoping to visit him in Ephesus. Now, Paul is chained in prison for the second time. In the first Roman imprisonment, Paul was house arrest, in the house arrest, and he had a freedom for visitors. This time, he was in so-called memory time prison. Memory time prison in Rome. Memory time prison was for those soon to be executed. Thus, it was a maximum security and miserable incarceration. It was a dismal underground chamber with a single hole in the ceiling for light and air. It, it is uh, dark and damp, and you can feel it's, a it's so depressing. The number one place I want to see if and when I visit Rome is not a Vatican or Colosseum but the maritime prisons where Paul and Peter were held. I hope all of us can make the same pilgrimage someday. Cold and alone, Paul is asking Timothy to come quickly and to bring John Mark and the warm clock and uh, some of these readings later in chapter 4, verse 9 to 13. We are not sure whether Timothy and Mark reached Paul in time before his execution. 
Another major difference between Paul's first and second letter to Timothy is that the first Timothy, Paul focused on the church, and it was a kind of a church manual. As Paul said in the first Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, that I'm writing these things to you so that if I'm delayed, you may know how one ought to behave or minister in the household of God. While the second Timothy also refers to false teachers and urges sound doctrine, the focus is almost entirely on Timothy, Paul's true son in faith and beloved disciple. Paul's writing here, therefore, is very intensely personal. It is his last will and testament. As John Calvin said, it was written not merely in ink, but in Paul's lifeblood. It's written in Paul's lifeblood. Passion and urgency ooze from Paul's pen as he addresses Timothy. The purpose of this letter is to charge Timothy to preserve in the ministry of the gospel and ultimately fill the apostles' immensely large gospel shoes, or some call it gospel sandals. Now let's look at the greetings and thanksgiving. First, greetings. Verse 1, Paul said, An apostle of Christ Jesus, by will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. Why did Paul write this, his personal letter to Timothy so formally? As intensely personal as this letter is, Paul intended that his letter also to be read by and to the church in Ephesus and the other congregations. If his writing was for Timothy alone, he would never have begun with such a formal lofty assertion of his apostleship. Here Paul was reminding Timothy and others that their personal relationship was set in the profound will of God and promise of Christ. I pray for us to see each other in the same way. We didn't just happen to meet each other in the same local church, like we bump into others or each other in Costco. We are more than religious consumers with a similar taste. We are co-laborers of Christ's kingdom with the same calling. From the lofty universal greeting, Paul now switches in verse 2 to intimate greeting or language of love to Timothy, my dear son, literally to Timothy, my beloved child, my beloved child. The cold and lonely old apostle was warmed by the thought of his beloved young disciple and penned now his uh, triple blessings, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. If you remember 1 Timothy chapter 1, the only two places where Paul gave these triple blessings of grace and mercy and peace was when he wrote to Timothy. Once again, what gives us a comfort that is a strong encouragement even in our present time? Is a relationship with our loved ones. It's not things, it's the people who give us comfort. Now let's look at the Paul's thanksgiving. Paul's thanksgiving here was a twofold. First, his faithful journey with God in his life 
and second for similar faith in Timothy's life. Paul said he served God with a clear conscience as his ancestors did, verse 3. That means his faith journey was faithful, just like the, the, that of his obedient Jewish ancestors. The old apostle is a change in dripping winter cold dungeon awaiting the executioner's axe, and he, as he surveys his life, his conscience is absolutely clear. There is no guilt, no weight of unresolved sins, nothing to confess. Paul has been true to the gospel and his calling. Paul was not sinless, but he was blameless. Obviously, he was not perfect, but he was faithful. What an incredible testimony and inspiring challenge to all of us. I pray we all have the same confession at the end of each day and today that I serve God with a clear conscience. If at night, lying on the bed, you and I can say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit for helping me to serve God with a clear conscience today. That will be, that, that day is a, is a day, is, is a victory, is a day of a victory. Now, Paul also thanked God for Timothy, verse 5. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Paul just said that I, as his own faith was in continuity with his forefathers, Paul here encourages Timothy that Timothy, you also live faithfully in continuity with your estimable foremothers. Foremothers. Do you see? Paul is comparing, as I am faithful to my ancestors, you are faithful to your mother and grandmother and their faith charge. Paul was comparing his faithfulness to his Jewish ancestor to uh, Timothy's faithfulness to that of his mother and grandmother. The point is this. Paul believed in Timothy's faith. He believed in Timothy. And that kind of a confidence in another person is really heartening and encouraging the other person. You know, the effect of a godly people who believe in us is a beyond accounting. It's really make a huge impact. I don't know about you, but those are few people in my life who gave me a, a affirmation that gave me a real strength in my journey. When I was my, my pastor, when he told me about, I will spare, when he told me his own assessment, it was a really encouraging. And simply put, he said, Paul, you know my heart. Paul, you get, you get it. You know, that really helped me to study deeper and more. I remember also my professor at Princeton, that he, I was struggling with a Carl Barth, and I finally submitted my paper. And at the end, when he said, this is one of the best papers, and that prompt, that gave me a hope. Those people who believe in us, young Timothy, 
that gives us a, such a heartening power and encouragement. And today, let us really encourage other people, other Timothys in our life, with the same affirmation, same prayer, same hope. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for all Pauls and Eunices and Loises that you place in our life. As they nourished and encouraged us, help us, help us to do the same with our Timothys at home, at house church, at, our, at forest, in other relationships of our life. Lead us with your grace and mercy and peace so that we can also confess like Paul that I serve God with a clear conscience, whether we are in dungeon or not, whether we stay in this pandemic long or not, help us remember your glorious will for us. In the promised name of Jesus Christ, who made us glad, we all